Welcome to the T Times 3 podcast. The voice you are hearing now belongs to T1. Ladies, would you like to introduce yourselves, please? T2 here. Hello, everyone. What up? (laughs) (laughs) This is April, the month of April Fool's Day. (laughs) April showers, spring cleaning, buying plants and planting seeds. For those of you who are into that sort of thing. We are into that sort of thing, too, as as we have family ties to farming and a once thriving plant nursery. Which leads me to our topic Mm -hmm. for this month, rural living. And we know a lot about that as we grew up in a village um, that, uh, well, it's still called a village because it hasn't received the title of town yet. Um, Yeah. It's still just a village. Uh, The population in 2019 was 862 people. And in my research, our village is 100% rural. No urban area anywhere to be found around it. So, (laughs) if anybody can speak about rural living, I guess it'll be us. If you were to look at the statistics. Uh, Y'all have anything to add? Like you said, we we would be uh, (laughs) the best advocates Mm -hmm. for rural living because we've lived most of our lives. I didn't know that that was the population. I don't know why, but I was thinking it was more than that. So I've been lying to people. I've been telling them it was like, <laughs> no, it's at no, least no. like 3,000 people. Um, no. I know some people that go to high school. Because <laughs> no. I remember when I went to college and I'd tell people where I'm from. And I and I remember, I think uh-huh. I knew the population back then. I've always been interested in the census. I don't know why. But um, it was like, well, I have more people than that at my high school, which we know is true, right? Uh, right. And speaking of high know. school, there is no high school in our town, our village. We had to go, Mm-mm. well, you all didn't, but if you live in the town we're from, you have to go mm-hmm. 20 miles. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, about 20 miles for the nearest high school. Mm-hmm. So to even yeah. <laughs> put us deeper into the country, That's you right. can't get no more country than that. If you want to go to high school, you got to go to the next town over. No, You know, You know what's funny? When I went to college uh, in the city, people would ask the question, well, what high school did you go to? And that's like the thing, I guess, because they have multiple high schools, but that tripped me out the first time. I'm like, what? Like 17 years old. I'm like, what you mean? (laughs) You're supposed to only have one high school in the whole city. Oh, you know, thousands of people, all the y'all kids supposed to go to the same high school. I don't know what y'all talking about. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize that too until I got to college. All the Mm-hmm. I ain't telling nobody though. I was just like, mm, oh, <laughs> interesting. Right, right. Much engaged. Okay, so if y'all have anything else to add to the intro, now let's get into our recap of the past month. And this segment we call the podcast yeah. review, right? Where we review uh, the month mm-hmm. of March, which was last month, Women's Month. Um, uh, I've been calling it, uh, and some other of my Twitter friends called it James Ghost St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> that's the only St. Patrick that we oh. celebrate from now on. <laughs> that's right. I don't James know about the St. Patrick. Who knows? James goes to St. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Oh, let me see. I'm gonna go first. March, I started reading "Make It, mm-hmm. Make It Scream, and Make It Burn." It's good. It's about longing. I guess like in a form of like grief. 
that I started that during <laughs> Woman's Month. <laughs> Reading a uh, uh, female author. Well, most of my authors that I do read, though, are you know typically female. But right. you know, I'm mm. a womanist. What can I say? Oh, Woman's Month. Mar- March was pretty good for me. Um, my little baby. <laughs> Uh-uh. She learned a new word. <laughs> I had a banana one day, and I said uh-huh. banana. And she said banana. I say bulimian like that's her older sister. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she learned a new word. Mm-hmm. That was that was the height of my month. Okay. Um, I think we got a few new listeners on our podcast. So thank you all for listening to us, and uh, we appreciate you all. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, grandma, me, mom, mom and them. Oh. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Since we talking about rural living, mm-hmm. tell me, Mom. Now, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, a media review. Um, I think we've been talking about Queen mm-hmm. Sugar the past few times. We talked a lot about Ooh, it yeah. last month because of uh, Women's Month, because the lead character is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I briefly mentioned mm-hmm. um, a new movie. I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. Minari. And it's written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, based on his childhood in rural Arkansas. I added this movie mm. to our media review because the movie just won a Golden Globe. I read an article oh. about it in this publication I received called The Daily The Daily Yonder. <laughs> I get this publication in my email. Mm. And that's another story. We got to talk about The Daily Yonder and how I got that. Got to know about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that's a long story. Um, now, in this, in the Daily Yonder, <laughs> the, the article was written by a guy named Adam B. Gorgi, I think his name is G I O R G I. Uh, in in his article, yeah, he mentions stereotypes and um, exaggerations about rural living. Um, mm-hmm. but I like that he said that it made Minari the movie. It made rural movie making magic like no stereotypes it was just people that live and they just happen to be in the country and i always felt like that because you see these stereotypes people in the country and they barefoot well we do be barefoot but not all the time you know and yeah yeah, right not all the time we have shoes uh (laughs) can be fancy they've got some of us that's quite fancy and um Mm-hmm. You know, like we can't speak well or, or, or complete a, a, a get a complete thought out of us, anything like that. But in this movie, and I can't wait to see it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited about it. Um, and he also said that it carefully crafted to tell a human story, and I thought that was good. Because usually when you see movies about the country, they just have you out in the back sweating. Everybody in the movie sweating and hot talking slow mm-hmm. which might happen but that's not all yes. that there is that reminds me of when they redid steel magnolias and i love jill scott nothing she that's does right. is ever bad however on that remake of steel magnolia she was supposed to be from louisiana i mm. believe and they should have just did it without because <laughs> that accent that she was trying to do it just I, that made me so upset like that's Mm-mm. not how we sound even everybody from New Orleans <laughs> don't sound like yeah. you know they don't have that little accent. It's only certain people you hear, right? And it's right. not all that you know. Like you can't hear it throughout their whole conversation. It's certain words that they'll say, you know. 
And you could tell, like, oh, that person's from New Orleans. Because I've met people here that have been from New Orleans. And I'm like, oh, you know, you have to listen to them for a little while. I don't like that either. I, uh, something else that I don't like, how, oh, like, New Orleans people feel like they're <laughs> like not the part thing. of Louisiana. Like, <laughs> you're just as country as I am. Oh, like, you eat, you eat crawfish <laughs> and suck juice out of their head. And I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you call everybody baby like you know you just a country as I am <laughs> but just because I'm from a village you know I am a little old country you know I, I had the conversation not too long ago with a friend and I was talking about how so New Orleans is is the major city mm-hmm. in you know this area yeah. right it really should be bad mm-hmm. but we don't know her yeah we don't you know that's <laughs> that's, that's the capital she got a different vibe and we're closer to New Orleans too yeah. so we were influenced by that culture, but it's so funny how like girl, no, you can't talk it. And it's not like yeah, it's not like I'm trying to claim claim that that like I would never I would proudly stand flat footed and tell people exactly where I'm from and talk about the village and talk about how, you know, beautiful it is and, and greenness and green. I'm a country girl. That's one of that's one of my favorite things to do. But I can acknowledge that like New Orleans has influenced, you know, some of my culture as a black woman mm-hmm. but it's weird to have this weird mm-hmm. relationship with it where mm-hmm. where they almost don't want to yeah. let up off of it yeah like it's like i'm not trying to claim it from right. my own i'm not trying to say i'm from new orleans i don't want to be but i do want to be able to say oh yeah i do remember sissy novi growing up and yeah. i do remember you know like dj jubilee, DJ yeah, jubilee right. all of that like that was a part of my childhood too but yeah. you can't i don't know you ain't from weird. new orleans well i guess i should but, but, I, mean, I, know I, but I could hear right, right. y'all radio station, anybody we did catch the radio station i could still hear i heard right. Right. <laughs> i heard right. tell me where you calling from <laughs> But um, if anybody can can claim a little bit of New Orleans out of all of us, it would be you, T3, because you lived there for a while yeah. when you were going to school. So. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody from New Orleans with that. Mm. <laughs> you could meet somebody in New York City and they'd be like, oh, you ain't from New Orleans. Yeah. I'm like, can I explain to the people where I'm from? They don't know where my town is, okay? I have to tell them it's 60. <laughs> it's so funny. And they the just bridge. like, I have to tell like them everything. they won't know where I'm from. Give me a break. It's like every, and it's like everything that they do, they did it first. Like the other day at work is this lady, and um, one of the guys that I work with, he's originally from Mississippi, but mm-hmm. he said something, 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 and he called the girl love. Mm-hmm. Everybody says that. Everybody. Uh, no, no, my bad, love or anything. You know, just, most black people, mostly everybody say that. But, but one lady said, "Are you, uh, are you originally from New Orleans?" And he was like, "No, ma'am, I'm from the Silk." She was like, I don't know where that is, but oh you just call uh you just call old girl love and that's something we do. And I'm like Okay. I said, I think everybody says that everybody? in the oh simple Mississippi. <laughs> right. Like they're in their own little bubble. It's mm-hmm. like I love them, but it's also like mm-hmm. I roll my eyes at them a lot. Yeah. I think I think something that, that um a lot of people from from rural areas have is a little bit more brotherly love and i guess maybe because because if you coming up and you coming up in the country you getting it out the mud mm, so you a little yeah. bit more humble maybe i don't know that might be stereotypical or like uh kind of short-sighted but um i have 
known people from Mississippi who, and I'm not talking about like the more urban parts of Mississippi. I'm not talking about those people because they can get a listen. Yeah, to. I've experienced that people from uh, rural areas have a level mm-hmm. of yeah. community about them. Because if you're, if especially if you're working with the land, you yeah, have to. That's where you're going to sell your, so. your beans to. Or whatever. Right. <laughs> and when you want <laughs> beans. That's right. I, I got some beans for that. And you know what else? Why I think that is? Is because it's a little slower down here. Yeah. So we have time to stop and, you know, build relationships with people. I, yeah, I they be a friendly. lot of people from New Orleans that are yeah. very friendly. Um, and that's because it's still South. More considerate, maybe. But you were talking about the movie, so that's, I mean, especially in Queen Sugar, because I know that that's come up sometimes in uh, in Queen Sugar. So I have started watching yes, Queen Sugar a little bit. I, I got past my fear of that first episode. Not even, it wasn't even fear. I just got past my Oh, when the pop pop died. Okay, first, yes, of that first episode. They did take that man away from me. For anybody that hasn't watched it, uh, we're no, gonna be it's, doing it's a few little spoilers. So it's sorry, spoiling now. They not gonna watch. Yeah, it. They ain't watched it now. Yeah, that's right. If you ain't watched, <laughs> you don't deserve to know. I mean, they like me. I don't want to get my heart broken no more. <laughs> okay. No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go into it with an open heart. But um, no, I was gonna say, but going back to the community building, they kind of show that a little bit in the show. So I like the show for that. My my media review would be um, the Kiss the Ground documentary on Netflix. Oh my goodness, this is good. It makes so much sense how we can use agriculture to heal the earth. I'm not even just heal it because we know that you know <laughs> ain't nothing gonna be right until Jesus make it right. You know the Lord got to come again and everything. But for us to do our part, because essentially that that was one of our first tasks as human beings, right. like to tend the garden, right? Yeah. So, obviously, if you believe the book, you believe that we have a connection with, you know, the ground. And that that documentary just kind of, like, helps. I love documentaries like that. Like, there's another documentary that's on Hulu, The Biggest Little Farm. And they just talk about how you can enrich your soil just by planting multiple crops and perennials, like mm. uh, like permaculture. Planting stuff that's going to come back, things that can help your farm become self-sustaining what america is doing is a monoculture and that's just planting one kind of crop and that crop basically sucks Mm. the life out of the soil and then uh heavy tilling so like disturbing the ground too just kind of like running these big machines over it and and pulling up the dirt and stuff like that it kills stuff so we just basically just oh not we but some farmers and you know some big corporations and stuff like that uh, yeah yeah so we could talk that talk about that again during our farmers episode but yeah we we haven't been treating the world is that uh, like nicely um, at all say about uh too much uh farming causes carbon monoxide is harming the the ozone layer yep wow Mm -hmm. all of it is all of it is connected but that document those two documentaries are really really good those are my favorite matter of fact i don't know how many times i've watched biggest little farm big little farm i've watched it four times yeah oh, I, don't right like stuff like that. <laughs> so I know you watched at least one 
That's good. <laughs> She's made me watch it. And on Netflix, Kiss the Ground. Okay. So anyway, let's keep going on to our... Oh, we made it to the What You Laughing At already. Okay, so my What You Laughing At is... me. I briefly mentioned it earlier, me struggling to tell people where I'm from and having to explain exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a geographer now. Like, I know about longitude, latitude. I know exactly <laughs> how far I am from New Orleans. Uh-uh. I know how long the causeway is. You know, everything. I'm like, why should I have to know this? But I have to because... Um, I know not to lie. Like I, I've I tried it once before and it didn't work. And just say, you know, I'm outside of New Orleans because people be like, where? They think you talk about bet, you know, Metairie or something like that. Mm-mm. No, and I don't want to embarrass myself. Then I might find myself with my professor and two of the smartest people in my college that I know asking Mm-mm. me where to go when we in the French Quarter, and then we end up lost. And them looking at me like, <laughs> what? <laughs> And now the professor is dead, so I can't make it up to him. So that's oh, what no. I'm saying. Because when did that happen? No, I got like this scholarship or something like that to school, and of all the places, the little you know you have to do like a project, and you got to go present the project. Of all the places the conference was in, it was in New Orleans. I said, "What mm-hmm. New Orleans? All these other cities I can see. I don't want to go to New Orleans. I live mm-hmm. over there." We get there, and I've been in school all this time just telling people I live outside New Orleans, just to keep it, you know, keep it easy. Yeah, so we easy. get there, and my professor looking at me like, oh, you said you're from around here, so uh, where we go? I'm like, hmm? And dummy me, I didn't tell him, well, I don't know. I just start walking, and these idiots is following me. Girl, I, I don't know where we were. We was down in the French Quarter somewhere, girl. <laughs> And I've been to New Orleans since, but I cannot tell you where I had the people walking. I'm surprised we didn't get robbed, raped, Look, and murdered. Let me tell you, I'm glad you said. I'm glad that you said, I don't know, because I was about to say, we, well, where did y'all go? A building. What, what did you see? Streets. What was what was on we the side? We saw a couple of gay bars. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, y'all went to the right place. Then. That's what it sounded like. I don't know where we were. <laughs> she said, I, and sorry, I didn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. I wouldn't know a thing. <laughs> yeah, and then that same guy, he got ill. Oh, baby. Two or three years ago, he passed oh, away. No. I did get a chance to talk to him before he passed. But I was like, man, oh. I'm sorry, man. I didn't know what I was like. <laughs> I could not show you where I was. <laughs> and now he gone. I can't make it up to him. <laughs> I bet I wonder what they was thinking. Like, where is this girl going? <laughs> they probably knew. She don't know what third going. step. Like, mm. she got a third <laughs> step. Nope. No, it was nighttime too. Nighttime, walking around. Oh yeah, now they do. <laughs> Lord help. <laughs> well, that's my story. Maybe this is done. Man, I have so many stories about growing up in a rural area. I have all kind of shenanigans I used to get into when I was younger. But I have one for my adult life. And it's since we was, you know, on the on the vibe of talking about New Orleans and, you know, versus growing up rural. So I had this guy that I used to talk to when he was from Memphis. Uh-oh. So... 
I, you know, you when you first meet somebody, like like T1 said, you know, you don't want to explain to them where you're from because then you have to explain to them, you know, all this other stuff because they've never heard of you. They're going to ask more questions. So it's just like, you know, I'm so-and-so uh, minutes from New Orleans. So he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he was like, so you know, you know, Toy, you know Lil Wayne? Mm-mm. I'm like, no, I've never met those people, you know. I'm from the same state that they're from, but I've I've never met them. So, uh, say baby, how they be saying baby? No, ma'am. <laughs> Wait, uh-huh. no, I'm not from there, okay? I'm a few minutes from there. I can say it like they say it, but I, that's not, you know, my normal vernacular. Mm-hmm. So, it was just, I stopped talking <laughs> to him because every yeah. time I talked to him, <laughs> every, time, upset. every time, He's it was upset. the same thing. And I'm like... <laughs> Why don't you just meet somebody from New Orleans and talk to them? There's a whole lot of single beautiful ladies in New Orleans because I mean, be <laughs> too the one for you. Because I can't, you know, I I can't I can't deal with this. I can't have all this stress on my chest. Girl, you you asking me to talk like these New Orleans people, and then my stupid self try to do it sometimes. <laughs> I thought you was gonna say you just told them no, like the first, the first few times. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, oh hey, man. I'm like, hey, 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 I'm I love it too. It's like there's no like just like they do the schools here. Like there's no other school but LSU, and they treat New Orleans the same way. There's nothing else in Louisiana but New Orleans. That's it. Like as soon as as soon as I say I'm from Louisiana, oh, why you you be going to Mardi Gras? I mean, yeah, but. Like Mardi Gras year round, we got yeah. oh y'all stay at the Mardi Gras, huh? Right. right. I mean, be people out there drinking beer. Right. Like it might, uh, it might be <coughs> more fun for you because you're not from here. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I actually like Bourbon yeah. Street when like nothing's going on. It's this weird kind of yeah. like uh, calm mm-hmm. but still quirkiness to it. Yeah. Like when we uh <laughs> when we were in school downtown, we had to stay in the Hilton. We would go there. I would oh go to this God. like little boy and get burgers. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody, hot dogs and burgers. Yep. Yeah. Everybody else would be there. They got you know people sitting all at the bar drinking yum, and stuff like that. Out. And I'm sitting there, mm, yum, <laughs> <laughs> eating a burger. You know what? I could say this though. I I'll probably get you know burned at the stakes, but I prefer Bill Street. Yeah, I like over Bourbon Street. And I think I feel safer. I do feel safer on Bourbon Street. Street. Yeah, because they have it like closed off and everything. And Bourbon yeah. Street is just like I mean, people still don't like the food. But all the yeah. times we went to Memphis, I don't remember Bill yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. I, that's because it's really, really basically just one road, little, through one time. one little street. But uh, that's all I. You all I remember is that you blink, you miss it. place not too far from the Moine Orange that put the first time I had french fries and coleslaw on top of a pulled pork sandwich and i ain't, i ain't been the same since oh they changed my life now people be talking people be talking about you know the way we talk and the, you know even the way we dress and all of that but y'all sure be eating our food, they love that food <laughs> y'all love our food because i don't care what nobody say like people you know in cities can cook yeah, yeah. but 
Like, who was that that was talking about seafood? Somebody was talking about seafood and they were talking about, like, Maine. They were talking about, like, how they cook lobster and stuff. Because we went to go eat some seafood. And you know what stuff is good when you put it in your mouth and you can't <laughs> say nothing. All you got to do is point at it mm-hmm. and be like, mm. Mm. This is it. Yeah. This. <laughs> and uh, my boyfriend was talking about how. <clears throat> what did he say? How he said they don't. They don't doesn't have the flavor. Yeah. They just have uh, the freshness. Yeah. So it's like a fresh seafood. I, but it's not, see that. I couldn't imagine my life without seafood, and I can't imagine my life without seafood, seafood. that's tasting like Cajun Creole, whatever. Right. I love them people. I thank y'all. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you trucked it what out. What they did to mm, oh, yes, yes, yes. I was looking at some crawfish, crawfish yesterday. They got this place. Mm-hmm. I was at this the franchise day. here called Baytown Seafood, and they be trying to do all. It's all mm-hmm. the places be near water and everything. Yeah, but no. Mm-hmm. It ain't like no. it ain't like they brought in the crawfish out of love cage. Even the pan wasn't right. It just made me down. <laughs> just like mm. what kills me is when they try to throw Cajun or you know New Orleans or something. Like, New Orleans style, oh, no. like no, no New Orleans. What I say? I automatically know it's a lie. That ain't it. There. <laughs> Around here, I see New Orleans, Louisiana, but I keep rolling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> y'all might as well just go ahead and say, you say well, this come from my house. Right. You say it's my house style. Seafood. My house style. <laughs> I'm gonna eat it. Cause I can, I'm gonna eat it now. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine my life without seafood. I mean, one time T two said that she w- don't want to no. live in a world without shrimp. Cause that shrimp like, were endangered yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Cause of that that we that had that Gulf spill. That Gulf. Uh, no, we had that um uh, when they had that Gulf spill. No. Oh. The um that bacteria that uh no. not bacteria that algae algae mm-hmm. really eating the, eating the shrimp eating the algae like the shrimp. <laughs> That's how it wasn't eating them, but it was like That's a bacteria in the algae, and it was like destroying the shrimp. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want to live in a world without shrimp. <laughs> Fix it, Jesus, please, because we got to have shrimp. He fixed they got this one plate here Thank that makes a good shrimp plate. But that's about it. They can fry them shrimp. I don't know who they got back there. Well, don't you? No. We keep don't them. you let them go? Don't you let them go? They got somebody from uh, rural Louisiana. Don't let them mm-hmm. see in the back of the kitchen. I said, I got to see who this is back here in this kitchen. I, people rule Louisiana and Mississippi. Them doggone people know that. I'm getting taken up on my words because I'm thinking about how good they can cook. Yeah. Oh, them people can cook. Mississippi, Tennessee. You know, they have like oh, some. Can cook. Since the pandemic started, they have some. Mm. This is how good this, this shrimp is that they fry. And they, the, the dining rooms have been closed. So you got to do the curbside and they bring the food out mm-hmm. to you. The food is so good at this place. We mm-hmm. just sit. In the, the curbside parking lot. Me, the husband, <laughs> and the baby. And eat in the car. <laughs> like we need to be on. My oh, music no, 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 like to eat like right here. We don't even wait. We don't even wait <laughs> to get back to the house. We got to eat it now. Hot in the car. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. how you know. Yeah, that's how you know it's good. I got to eat this now. I want some of that. <laughs> right, man. I have, well, I have a question before we end this. Oh, wait, I got to do my, uh... Oh, what y'all laughing at? Okay. My what y'all laughing at? It's going to be Sorry. short, so hold on to that question. My what y'all laughing at is The Emotions um, by Mariah Carey. What? Mama. I don't know if y'all ever seen this. Yeah, I'm about to explain it. 
<laughs> so y'all know uh, y'all know emotions, right? Y'all know the Mar- Mariah Carey song. Mm-hmm. Well, they got this lawnmower, this unmanned lawnmower. <laughs> it's a video. Oh my god! Ain't nobody pushing me. <laughs> and it's just riding, it's cutting grass, it's getting up, right? And then it went. It, it's playing the song <laughs> Emotions in the background. And when Mariah hit that high note, that run when she do the whistle note, which is a made me feel so. When she hit that high note, it take off into the sky. <laughs> it's in the game. Some people the internet, they, they don't deserve it. <laughs> I, I got to see it. I got to see it. Now, have y'all seen that one video of that man that he be, he be shouting? And then he put his arms out like a plane and they turned him into a jet. And he's like, you know, I love him. You gotta look it up. I ain't seen it. No, no, since we talk about these, you seen the one where that girl was falling on her shoes and she turned into a transformer. I gotta look up all three of them. Don't take me out. That's not what y'all laughing at, y'all. before you end the segment i was gonna ask um since we've all went to college mm-hmm. and you know and spent time around people that grew up in the city and then we you know went to we went to college in cities would you change growing up in a rural area mm-hmm. um, not by any means i don't know I don't know <clears throat> I don't know. One, explain why I, not. I'm gonna um, tell you. Maybe if I would have, I would not change it if I had more access. Like um, uh, at the time, I guess when I was growing up, I couldn't speak for nobody else. It's like it was a small town. Mm-hmm. And I see it. You know, if I could have my small town and my yeah. big city too. Where I could get to it, cause like I talk to people now, and they be like, "Well, you know, I, I grew up in a yeah. small town too, but we would always go into the city." And I wasn't really mm-hmm. raised like that. It was mm-hmm. like, like city off limits. Don't go there unless you have, absolutely have to. It's the devil. Don't go over there. You know, like I tell people all the time, like um, <laughs> the essence. I didn't go to a piece. I didn't even really go to the essence. I didn't go to the essence fest until I was grown, like full grown. You know. It's like we, they always yeah. talk down on the city. Like it's just, yeah. don't go over there. You're going to die immediately. You know? Yeah. If I can yeah. have both. Yeah. Then I would, I would keep the, I would keep the, the rule living. Yeah. But if I have to have it the same way I had it, where yeah. city is so close, such a, 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 a historic city too, and not be able to go and, Mm. and learn about it like i learned more about it after growing up when i should have had more of it in those uh what you call those years your formative years yes it would have made a a bigger impact on me i guess if i would have gotten it earlier rather than later so yes rural living but with urban access i agree with that i think because I, i grew up at a different time I don't, I don't think I had access to the city and I'm, I'm kind of 
like you, like I learned a little bit more mm-hmm, about it after, about. I, yeah. even after I graduated, um, in my adult life, like I appreciate it more now than I ever would have or ever did when I actually was living there. Um, but there is something to be said, like I said earlier in the podcast about like, us being so close to it and it influencing so much of our culture like yeah. it it had it maybe not a heavy thumbprint but just like a a, a, a fingerprint mm-hmm. on our identity so to be that close and not have mm. access to it is kind of almost asinine mm-hmm. you know um, so yeah I but I would definitely keep it exactly the way it is with like having that rule upbringing because it shapes the way the city mm-hmm. looks and the way you even operate in it it shapes it to take on a different like there's very few people that I know of personally who can have an objective view of the city like how we just sat here and talked about it, it might have sound like a little bit of bashing but it was all injustice all in fun there's a love for the city but not so so mm-hmm. blinding that you can't see its faults mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um you can't see where it needs to slow down a little bit and you can't see where you know it is just different not not better not worse just different and appreciate that difference mm-hmm. and not you know raise it up on a pedestal or put it down into the dirt you know uh i think being removed from it helps that a little yeah. bit you can see the big picture so yeah i, I would definitely. and then just growing up rural like like t2 mm-hmm. said it there is peace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where there is more yeah. grass and trees closer. Yeah. closer to nature i guess it brings you down to earth yeah when you're closer to nature it's different and it makes you yeah. more appreciative when you can see things grow you know when you can see the sky because i remember my well, me and yeah. my husband were dating he would come, he'd just be staring out when he would come into the country. He'd just be staring out at night, staring up at the sky. Like he can't see it because of ambient light, you know, because of light pollution. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's so clear. Like I'm like, AG what? does that too, man. But you know, you used to it. You see it all the time, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't mean, I know all things go back to God, but it's just, it's so fascinating how. Just some old dirt and and, <laughs> and grass and stuff like dirt that. And dirt and seeds mm-hmm. mean so much to us. And if you're not around that, you know, for uh, I mean, not saying that you can't live in the city, but like if you're not around that, you know, some fresh air and and you know, clear oh, yeah. skies. Well, and that's what they have with your head that disorder, bit. that syndrome. What is it? Sad that people get seasonal depression or something mm-hmm. like that. You need seasonal to, you uh, have depression. To have sunlight. That's just the mm-hmm. the mammal in us. We have to have it. Yeah. Um. What was that nurse that found out about the jaundice? All that she had to do was take the babies out into the sunlight, and that would help them. Yeah, I don't. I agree with both of you all. I don't think. I. I, well, mm-hmm. I know for sure I wouldn't change anything about growing up rural. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Uh, like you were saying, T three. You know, it's it's kind of when you're a child, you don't understand. You know why I can't you know, go do this or do that. You don't have as much access as you you can in your adult life or as you, as you can have in your adult life. But I felt in my, in the way that I grew up and then my temperament too, I felt that 
I feel that rural living was probably the best thing for me. Okay. Because I probably, <laughs> I probably would have got shot in the <laughs> <laughs> 